right, glad you're with us. 77 days until you are the ultimate jury. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the, the program. Yeah, I just got word from Sluggo, who is a, a friend of mine down in Atlanta. Um, that Rush just mentioned the book. I'm very honored. Uh, I just try and stay in, in, in touch with Rush, as so many of us are just p- hoping and praying and for his speedy recovery and Godspeed and, and what incredible stoic courage this man has. And, and frankly, all he's done for the country for generations of, of educating this country on conservative, uh, conservatism and everything else. And he's, I, I didn't hear it, so I'm paraphrasing. He said, yeah, you believe. And he has tried to talk me out of this because he believes that we, we probably can recover. I just don't see it. I don't see the path towards it. That's, he was talking about live free or die, America and the world on the brink. I, I mean, this is, we've never experienced this before. And yeah, I mean, resiliency is in the fiber of America and the principles and the strength. First, I'm just honored that he mentioned it. Thank you, Rush. Um, thanks for all you do. Thanks for all you've done and all you'll continue to do. And I know I speak for everybody in this audience. Uh, I know, not as big as yours. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy um, that you've led the way all these years. And it's been hard because he had to forge a path. I don't know if Fox News would exist, but for Rush, you know, literally reinvigorating talk radio single-handedly. Reagan never had Rush. Rush was syndicated in 88. I first, I remember where I was when I first heard about Rush. I was in a college radio station studio, and a guy says, you ever hear this guy Rush Limbaugh? He does these homeless dates there, uh, updates, they're hilarious. I'm like, no. Finally got a hold of it, and I'm like, wow. Nobody had ever heard, heard this before. And I had grown up addicted to radio and the pioneers of, of radio in New York. And then later I lived a period of time in New England. You know, it was Barry Farber, Barry Gray, later Bob Grant, then guys like Jerry Williams, Gene Burns, David Brudnoy late at night. You can pick up his signal, WBZ in Boston. And all these, you know, great pioneers. And um, amazing. Barry Farber recently passed away, but I'm honored he mentioned it. I, I, I would like to think we could always be resilient, always bounce back. I don't know, though. I don't know. And I have a lot of reasons, some of which I go into in the book, but I, and it maybe takes too long here to go into. I just think that if the stated policies, and this is where I'm watching this, you know, Adam Schiff show last night, and I'm like, oh, man, how could anybody stand this? I, I mean, I had to watch some of it because this is my job. I mean, you frankly can't pay anybody enough money to watch this crap. Um, But it's the stated policies, if implemented, what scare me, what they're saying they're going to do. You know, the Democratic Party always tried to hide who they are. You know, think about this. Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama. I mean, they, they were against gay marriage. They were against reparations. They were for building border walls. Now it is it you know Bolshevik Bernie was an outlier, an annoyance to the Democratic Party, frankly, even for most years, an embarrassment. And by the way, for those who say, well, you're picking on Joe Biden's age, well, Bernie seemed to be with it and have a lot of energy. If anything, he was the most energetic person out there last night. It's his views that are insane that scare the crap out of me. But, I mean, it has nothing to do with age. It has to do with strength, stamina, mental acuity, alertness. And that's where Joe doesn't seem like, you know, he, he, he's particularly with it. 
And but anyway, I just don't know. I mean, if you take America and you shut down and you move towards this no oil, no gas, no coal madness and you promise everything is free madness. And then you add to that that, well, the Senate will get rid of the filibuster if, in fact, they they take back the Senate. That's why these races in Maine with Susan Collins may not agree with everything Susan says is critical. Um, At least you get a a vote 50 or 60 percent of the time. I don't think she's going to vote to stack the courts or move towards abolishing the Electoral College. You need a constitutional amendment for. But even still, or this radical socialism, uh, I mean, Bolshevik Bernie is now the mainstream, the intellectual thought of the Democratic Party. They've kicked out all moderates. There are no moderates in the Democratic Party. You've got the squad and then you got Bolshevik Bernie. Joe, I think it's a sign of weakness, you know, feels he, that his base was weak. And by the way, the polls still show his base. Uh, no enthusiasm for Joe and Kamala Harris. None. In spite of what the mob and the media is telling you. By the way, Michelle Obama, I don't think she mentioned Kamala Harris once. And I know the media was saying, well, she must have taped it before the announcement. What? She couldn't tape it the day of? Um, I guess my, my schedule's too busy. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a little crazy to me. Um, and we'll get to her speech in a minute. But then you got the, the new Green Deal. Everything's free. They are now openly against law and order. They haven't spoken out about the thousands of cops now injured. Some that are dead. I mean, you, the 81 days of anarchy, you saw the brutal beating this weekend in Portland. Uh, you know, I've talked about it yesterday. We'll play it later in the show today. I'm Lawrence Jones at the top of the next hour. He's been to many of these cities. We were way ahead of the curve seeing what was unfolding in these liberal cities run by liberal Democrats for decades. You know, with protesters in Seattle and Portland over the weekend in Seattle, protesters, the city owes us. We want it all and then some. And Demanding people's homes be surrendered to them over gentrification, uh, telling people to get out of their neighborhood and pay the fee. I guess you pay and you have to leave. Uh, What does that mean? And Democratic Party says nothing. They actually deny that it's happening before our very eyes. That was missing from last night. Any discussion of truth and reality, a lot of fear mongering about Donald Trump and and mail in ballots, which we'll debunk also later in the program today. We've got a lot to get to. And, you know, this is now the radical, extreme socialist takeover of the Democratic Party. It's now the Democratic Socialist Party. Their stated policies of redistribution, wealth confiscation, uh, creating dependence on whatever source of energy it's going to be, it'll destroy the lifeblood of the world's economy. How do you recover if you go down this dark road? It's dark. This is the this is the road to socialism failure and demise. And once it's once that power is given and those freedoms are lost, I recovering them. How do you get it back? That's what I worry about. Listen, Rush, you know, Rush is right. We lived through and he's lived through. And he's frankly, I remember Mary Madeline once said about Rush. I don't know how we would have survived the Clinton years without him. And she was right. And then we had the Obama years. Listen, there have been elections lost and won, and, and I've, I've been guilty of saying over and over again, this is the tipping point, this is the choice, the biggest choice election, and, and I believed at the time it had been. Nothing like today, though. Democrats used to run race away from redistribution. You know, Joe the Plumber, that was why it was such a big moment. Spread the wealth around. You didn't build that, another moment. You know, those bitter Americans clinging to their God, their guns, their Bibles, their religion. 
Those were moments that shouldn't have happened. Unscripted, irredeemable deplorables. As Joe says, we are, the I guess, the 15% of hardcore Trump supporters. There are struck said smelly Walmart voting uh, Trump supporters uh, out there. I, I like Walmart. You save money. I like Costco's. You save money. I like all these places. And they're selling live free or die. I'm even liking them more, uh, which, by the way, I'm grateful. But it's it's now complete. This is now the party of of Bernie Sanders economic socialism, AOC's new Green Deal. This is the party of Beto Bozo and Kamala Harris, you know, said, yeah, by executive fiat order, taking away people's Second Amendment rights. Maybe they missed what the Ninth Circuit did last week in, in California. Well, thanks to Donald Trump appointing so many justices. Uh, it looks like that court is in for an ideological shift as it relates to no limits on magazines for, for guns. It's unconstitutional, they said. Or Bozo, the hell yeah, we're coming for your guns. That, that, these are, that's now his team. Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, 125 years of failed experience. This, you know, as the president says, the Bernie Sanders, Bolshevik Bernie, Joe Biden, you know, radical leftist manifesto is what it is. They're talking about trillions of dollars in tax hikes. They're talking about reestablishing the, the, the bureaucracy that Donald Trump single-handedly dismantled. They're talking openly about amnesty in the United Sanctuary States of America. And Biden saying, yeah, sure, illegal immigrants get free health care. Wow. Um, you know, you ask him, what was missing from last night? Where was any idea? This was all a, just an assault on Donald Trump. That's all. They're not, they're not even discussing their ideas. The only one that did that was Bolshevik Bernie. Amnesty for a you know, millions of people that didn't respect our laws, our sovereignty, our borders. Uh, what, they're going to be competing for American jobs. We already, you know, we're in the process of trying to make a full recovery from the pandemic. Still trying to put that out, too. And by the way, no Democrat lifted a finger to help on, on any of those issues. Cuomo looked like he'd been taken over by, like, aliens last night. And, and I'm like, okay, you live in an alternative reality uh, based on what he was saying. You know, a greater danger is once you give power to government, when do you ever get it back? It's it's always been by incrementalism. Now it's just a full on assault to, quote, transform the economy in Joe's words. It's really scary. Anyway, you know, a speaker saying America may well go to hell if we don't have open borders. Huh? I mean, literally a sanction or a seal of approval on defunding the police. Kamala saying, yeah, it's good that we took out 150 million away from the LAPD. I don't think it's good at all. Joe Biden, of course, will reallocate police. They become the enemy, he said. His words, not mine. And Michelle Obama, the first thing I would argue is it was dull. It was an infomercial like at 3 a.m. They're designed to put you to sleep. And and again, I, I was just OK. And the way, you know, the she was amazing. She was unbelievable. She, well, she took a hatchet to Donald Trump's record and character in the convention speech. Any of that surprise you? For the first time in my adult life, I'm proud of my country. People don't like it when I brought that fact out. Said it twice, not once. And the Church of GD America, heirs in Dorn. Michelle Obama, whatever happened to when they go low, we go high. Well, I guess that's gone, done. But it shows... What this party is now 
evolved into. There was no mention. Michael Goodwin in the New York Post pointed this out. You know, missing in, in Michelle Obama's speech and all the others was the violence that is spiraling out of control with the murder rates and the vandalism and the looting and the arson. You're not saying a word about that. Uh, okay, why not? You know, Donna Brazil even pointed out that, yeah, you know, I, I was a little bit concerned. She kept talking about Joe Biden. She knows Biden well, but she also knows Kamala Harris. And so I was disappointed, and she taped the speech before the announcement. She said, I didn't know that that was the case. I'll take Donna Brazil's word for it. All right, tonight's theme, leadership matters. So I just put me to sleep. Great. We got Sally Yates, who regrets, by the way, signing the, the FISA application. Chucky Schumer. John, I voted for the $87 billion, you know, before I voted against the Kerry. Uh, AOC gets 60 whole seconds. Bill Clinton, by the way, not a flattering piece in the Daily Mail today about Bill Clinton getting a massage in what looks like some type of waiting room for some trip abroad that he took from a young girl. A little scary. Um, Anyway, what else? Oh, Dr. Jill Biden, the wife of Joe. All right. They're all on tape. It's all, I mean, it's like lifeless. I mean, infomercials, frankly, are better produced. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941. Sean, you want to be a part of the program. Look, I mean, what did I point out yesterday? By the way, Biden, apparently he did. Did you see, Linda, what I just sent you? Apparently forgot, can't remember. I guess he did an interview today. I can't tell who it is with. Um, and he apparently repeatedly forgot that he was first inaugurated as vice president in 2009. First, he says, January of 2018. I mean, excuse me, 2012. No, both would be wrong answers. That would be, they'd both be wrong. Joe speaks. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's just a shift show, an Adam Schiff show. Uh, unbelievable. Um, look, it is, this, this is what now is the choice. Look, at least there's no ambiguity about what the choice is. There's an upside here. And those of us that know, understand the dangers of what they're saying, this is all about redistributionism. How do you not support basic, simple, fundamental safety, security, law and order? How do you how do you double down on uh, Obamacare on steroids and human growth hormone after the outright lying about keeping your doctor plan and saving on average per family twenty five hundred dollars a year? How do you double down on that? You know, Marianne Williamson, I wanted to like it. I really did. I promise I did. (laughs) But she just couldn't. It was it's unwatchable. I mean, what we got three more nights of this beyond awkwardness and bizarre. No talking of ideas. Just Trump. I hate Trump. I hate Trump. Don't get into the specifics except Bernie. He that's why we threw him on night one. That's why Ocasio-Cortez only gets a minute tonight i mean i don't know you want to call it a telethon a late night infomercial whatever you want to call it they talk about creating jobs ending riots no i live free or die america the world on the brink i'm doing a town hall immediately after this radio show today six eastern three pacific leo terrell linda arranged this another career risk for me will be Thanks so to our friends wonderful of- arrangement 
And anyway, 6 Eastern, a little before, you can go to Hannity.com. You click on the link. And this is for autographed copies. We're doing, we're doing a lot of free town halls. We're gonna, I'm going to do them through the election. And um, so anyway, uh, but yeah, I, I signed a ton of them. People keep asking for them. I want to get as many out as I can. And, you know, people, a friend of mine says to me, well, why do you keep telling people that they can get 40% off at Amazon and, and, and Books a Million and Barnes and & Noble and Costco's? And I said, because I, don't, I didn't do this to be number one, and I didn't do it for, for money. I said, it's not, my last book, I gave away every penny that I would have gotten paid. I got paid nothing. I had to pay off some people. I pay for research and editors because I can't write to save my life with punctuation. And anyway, um, it's just I'm shorthand everything. You know, then I hand scribbled notes in. I mean, it's just it's a disaster. I literally because I have no no email anymore. I now literally text my monologues every night to my team on TV. I text them. It's hilarious. Um, this is anecdotal, but worth looking at. So. The ratings, why is your mic on and you're coughing in my ear? <laughs> that's I'm so pretty sorry. funny. Oh, that's funny. Oh, well, first let's go to, before I get to the ratings disaster last night, let me go to Biden. This is just, you know, he came out of the basement bunker, a few seconds today, and this is what he said. Long, and I quit. I became a public defender. Yeah. And I used to have to, inter- I used to have to interview my clients down by the train station, Amtrak, the Northeast like 19, Extension, the Northeast Cart. And, uh, and I thought that before they were arraigned. And uh, 40 years later to the oh. month in January of uh, 2018, uh, I found myself in a circumstance where, uh, I mean, excuse me, 2012, I found myself standing in the same spot I had stood 40 years earlier. And I didn't intend that. I was looking. I was waiting for a train to come. I was looking out to the left of my view was southwest, southeast Wilmington, which had been burned to the ground, and it's back and flourishing. I looked across what they call the Third Street Bridge to an all-black community, which, in fact, is, is back up, still has some troubles. And I was waiting for a black man, Tom, to come and pick me up from Philadelphia, a guy named Barack Obama on the 17th of January to take me to Washington, a trip I've made a thousand times, commuting every day, to be sworn in as president and vice president. Mm-hmm. The only problem is he got the dates wrong. Said 2018. No, 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 2012. 2009, Joe. So anecdotally, this is amazing, actually. Now, by the way, you know, there's, you know, a lot of... People that are, are viewers of Fox News, they're not particularly interested in the in the Democratic convention. That's historical. And then when the Republican convention, usually the ratings, you know, go through the stratosphere. Um, get this. The broadcast networks. Now, this is the broadcast networks. Um, and I think this is pretty crazy. And I got to find it. I have it here somewhere. I asked for anecdotal information. Oh, I got it. Okay. And... The broadcast networks, this is ABC, NBC, and CBS combined for 6.7 million viewers at 10 p.m. Let me just put it this way. On an average night, Hannity, the TV show, and we often beat baseball, basketball. We're often the number one show in all of television, thanks to all of you. I, I never talk about ratings on the show. I, don't, I just don't. I don't know. It seems self-serving to me. 
And I'm grateful. I'm very grateful because I can't do this job without your support, without your viewing, and without your listening. Anyway, they combined for 6.7 million viewers. There are plenty of nights for over 5 million people. And those are big nights. Now, that's at 10 p.m. That was the, the prime time hour. And that's all 42% from four years ago. ABC led with 2.44 million viewers. I, I, I just quickly asked, you know, what did we have last night? Just, just barely shy of 4 million last night on Hannity. And I'm like, okay, that they led? And I, I'm like I'm beating ABC and CBS combined? CBS had 1.9 million. And NBC, 2.2 million. Now, cable went up. It added some, but they're still down a combined, you know, when you look at the combined viewership on on all the cable, it's 11.98 million views, early numbers. That's off 16% from 2016. Combined, you're down 28% with all of them, cable and broadcast. That's an unmitigated disaster. I just went back as a means of comparison and just wanted to look at the same time period uh, back in, let's see, 2016. And you look at the Republican convention, you look at the, the Democratic convention. Well, I could tell you that Fox News on the Thursday that Donald Trump won the, you know, got gave his speech at the Democratic, uh, I'm sorry, the Republican National Convention. It was well over 8 million viewers just on Fox News alone. Wow. Big news, CNN had four-something, and MSDNC, 2.6 million. Wow, if you look at, and, and even if you look at, you know, the combined numbers, look at the numbers for the Democrat for Hillary's speech. Nowhere near Fox's numbers for Trump. Nowhere near. Now, anecdotal? Sure. Does it show enthusiasm? Yeah, I think it does, actually. Um, so, I mean, just put that in the back of your head and I, I'll tell you, I don't think you see it getting any better tonight either. I don't see it getting any better on Wednesday either. And Joe, the only reason I think people might tune in for Joe is to see if he can read the teleprompter successfully for however long he gives this speech from his basement bunker. Um, so I, we're living in very, very bizarre times. I'll tell you that. And, and this, but it really comes down to me about substance. I mean, the idea that nobody even discusses or mentions or talks about, you know, literally, you know, the violence, no Democrats speaking out against the anarchy, the rioting. They're even denying it. It's a myth, Jerry Nadler says. Defund the police. Kamala supports it. Joe supports it. Reallocating funds in Joe's case. She praised the LAPD cuts. Like, all right, this is madness. I pointed out that the that Obama-Biden, that they never once talked about Chicago. I used to scroll the names of all these people shot and killed. I'm like, why don't we look at this? How could that be? Doesn't make sense to me. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just, okay, we're not going to talk about, all we're going to do is hate Donald Trump. I told you this is what it's going to be. How are they going to specifically, what are their agenda items? Do you think they want to talk about the massive tax increases? No. The only one that was halfway honest was Bolshevik Bernie. And, you know, Bernie has energy. Bernie has passion. 
Bernie is a hardcore radical leftist, but he's now just the mainstream of the Democratic Party. This is this is scary what they're talking about. This will destroy the economy. Now we're going to defund our police. We don't even have basic law and order and the failed school systems aren't going to get better under the Democrats. I mean, if you really look at this, the Democratic Party is pulling away from blue collar workers. You know, Trump was the guy bringing back manufacturing. The Democrats are appealing to this this elitism among the highly educated rich, um, which is a little ironic because they say just the opposite. The person that set record after record low unemployment for every demographic in America was Donald Trump. You know, Michelle Obama, I, you know I hate politics. You didn't seem to hate it that much last night. If things connect, if you think things can't get worse, trust me, they can. Well, does anyone remember? I, I can do a chapter and verse on Biden-Obama's economy. 13 million more Americans' food stamps. I won't, I won't bore you. You know my list. Uh, Trump is clearly in over his head. Okay, what did Barack do? What did he do? How do you have a record, the worst recovery since the 40s, 8 million more Americans in poverty and run on that? He didn't shatter any record low unemployment. They didn't put police reform in place, criminal justice reform in place, commit themselves with more money and for longer periods of time to historically black colleges or opportunity zones. Trump did it all. Give me Trump's accomplishments, chapter, verse, and the whole list. This is why it's, it is the biggest choice election in history. Joe Biden, this is like Kasich last night. Let me tell you what Kasich is suffering from. And I, I, John was at my 50th birthday party. Always liked Kasich. He was there with Newt Gingrich. This is how, you know, this is how he has transformed himself. But he's saying he's a conservative. Joe, uh, John, you're not a conservative. But he suffers what I call sore loseritis. Everybody that runs for president, because I've interviewed many that have run for president. They all think they're going to win. And then a lot of them, when they lose, lose their minds. Case in point, Al Gore. Another case in point, Hillary Clinton. Never will recover. Another case in point, John McCain was bitter and angry. I like John McCain. I admired his war record. You know, would have been a much better president than Obama, in my view. More liberal from, than I like, but whatever. It was the choice of the, you know, at that point. It wasn't a difficult time for me. You know, it wasn't a difficult choice based on Obama's radicalism that I do. Biden promising free college for anyone, family making less than 125 grand a year. Conversation with Cardi B. Big hard-hitting interview there. You know, even fake news CNN is sick of the 34 questions since March. That That's all he's answered. He's promising free college, free everything. Biden campaign manager, they want to make sure they're spending time with voters. What does that mean? Cardi B asked Biden about free health care four times. He never says he opposed it. Wouldn't say that he opposes free health care. Kamala, not having much effect on voters after being picked for VP. Sorry, it's not going to happen. She's a California liberal to the left of Bolshevik Bernie. So, by the way, her... Code name for the Secret Service is Pioneer. Um, in case you're interested in that, it's like a three. It's a worse than an infomercial. And uh, infomercials are more interesting. Some infomercials actually have captured my attention. I've actually been up at three in the morning, so I think I'm going to buy that. 
I've done that a couple of times. You can laugh all you want. Seems like a great deal on TV. And, and honestly, every product I ever got, I liked. Um, and then the mob just predictably loving. There's nothing that the Obamas can ever do or Biden can ever do that's wrong. You know, Hollywood produced infomercial. That's all this sucker was. You know, Democrats care more about the woke mob than working men and women, Ted Cruz said. Okay, let's go. They're gonna have the debate. Let's get the let's get the show on the road. I'm ready to vote. I made up my mind. And I hope America makes up their mind too. By the way, one of the weirdest moments of the night was this, you know, Cuomo is now rushing. I didn't know this. It was like it literally was his coronavirus guilt on filled, full display last night. That's how I see it. He's now rushing to release a book on his coronavirus leadership. He's lost it. By the way, well, there's a new AP study out that is nursing home scandal death tolls far worse than previously reported. They put the real number at 11,000, closer to 11,000, more than the total fatality count. In any other than any state other than New Jersey. Great job, Andrew. I blame Trump for the violence. I blame Trump for everything. Well, anyone going to report that in the mob? Watching them last night. I mean, it was crazy. Now, Gavin Newsom announced that they looks like they flattened the curve as we had hoped would happen. And it's happened now in Texas and Florida. There's a pattern to this. Nobody likes it. But, you know, we flatten it. You get a drop off. Then you then the precipitous drop. Doesn't mean that they're not, you know, Florida, their tallies, the lowest count since mid-June now. They flatten the curve and, you know, younger people have gotten it. And that means between therapeutics and now the race for Operation Warp Speed is, you know, we're going to get a vaccine. Can't happen soon enough. Can't happen soon enough. And, you know, nobody expected this. What did the Democrats do when they were impeaching the president when he was putting travel bans in effect? You know, you have a congresswoman, uh, Presley, calling for unrest in the streets as the election draws near. There, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as uh, there's unrest in our lives. Plenty to go around, she said. Wait, what? Portland DA vows to prosecute Black Lives Matter's protesters who beat the driver to death. By the way, the driver apparently is alive. Apparently, I think he's now been released from the hospital. A little scary, wasn't it? Now we have people, we, they actually, I think, have identified the person responsible for this beating now. These are crazy times. I think a lot at stake. Live free or die, right? At hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Yes, uh, live free or die. America and the world on the brink. Just 77 short days. And it's going to fly by. We're getting to the point. You're going to hear these words. We can now project. That's why I wrote live free or die. Because it's all on the line. By the way, Costco's and Books a Million. We're doing our, oh, Leo Terrell. Oh, this is a great career risk. Leo Terrell is actually hosting my town hall at 6 Eastern tonight. All the details on Hannity.com. The link doesn't go up till 6. Uh, if you want to go there, we'd love to have you. That's sponsored by Books a Million. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, tonight. Uh, Amazon.com, Hannity.com, 40% off, which I love. I'm a smelly Trump Walmart shopper. What does that mean? I like to save money. That's why I like to go to Walmart and Costco. Love Costco's. I just don't like Costco's doesn't allow free samples like usual. That's how pathetic I am. I guess you can figure out what my old age is going to be like. 
Let me uh, move on. You know, one thing was not discussed in any detail. Uh, really, you've got Democratic uh, Party sanctioned. When you think about it, oh, they're peaceful. Oh, this is a myth that there's violence. It's not a myth. Not a myth in any way, any shape, any manner, any form. You know, when you look at what is happening in the cities and the states around this country that have been run by liberal Democrats for decades, they, let's not even talk about that. Let's act as though that's not happening. It's a myth. You know, we, we, you know now you have two, two people at the top of the ticket for a major political party in this country. Police become the enemy. Well, Joe Biden, of course, I'm for reallocating funds and Kamala Harris, you know, supporting. Oh, yeah. Great idea. Defund the the LAPD. One hundred and fifty million. How do you think that's going to work out? How's it working out so far? What day? Eighty one in Portland, Oregon, that idiot mayor out there, Wheeler, letting the out there with the protesters at some points, you know, letting it's just madness. See this guy getting the living crap beat out of him. Over the weekend, we just found out, thank God, that the guy has been released from the hospital. You know, you hear the Seattle protesters this weekend. I want you to listen to this. This city owes us. We want it all and them some. Demanding people's homes be surrendered to them over the issue of, quote, gentrification. You know, telling people to get out of their neighborhood or pay the fee. Wow. I don't hear any Democrats talking about restoring law order safety security i would say that's fundamental if you want to pursue happiness i don't think you can do i don't think you can pursue your happiness if you're not safe in your town your city your backyard and it's sad eight-year-old little girl killed atlanta chop zone we had lawrence jones who's going to join us in a minute one-year-old in a stroller in a park dead he interviewed the father and the grandmother he also interviewed the family that lost a seven-year-old beautiful girl in Chicago. Seven years old. Lives matter, don't they? She was playing in her grandma's backyard on a weekend. And, of course, I interviewed Horace Lorenzo Anderson Sr. He lost his 19-year-old son in the Summer of Love Zone. And we don't ever hear about most of these names. We don't hear about them. I've been I'm going back to the Biden-Obama failure and ignoring of Chicago. I used to scroll the names of people shot and killed. Let's see, 64 shot this weekend. Number of teenagers, one 12 years old. Wow. Every weekend, a war zone. You know, you look at these cities, what do you see? Massive increases in homicides, shootings, robberies, vandalism. What are they doing? Nothing. What are they saying about it? Nothing. They're just that they're aligning themselves with the with the anarchists. I've never seen anything like it in my life. How's that even possible? Just listen. Listen to all this from Portland over the weekend. It has a lot of reparations to black and brown communities and indigenous communities to f-ing pay for. Yeah. On the county level, a city level, and a state level. Yeah. Period. Y'all, this city owes us. Yeah. We don't owe the city. The city owes us. Own 50 million miles and give you guys an inch. No, we're not taking that no more. Right. We, want, we want it all. We want everything that we're supposed to have. Period. And then some, too. Yeah. Because everything we're supposed to have ain't enough. Hello. It damn sure ain't enough. Not for all the years that we didn't have to suffer. It damn sure ain't enough. Give them in, our God, whichever one it is. Give up your house. Give black people back their home. Thank you. They're sitting there comfortably. Comfortably. Yeah. 
By the way, in Texas, uh, Governor Abbott uh, tweeted out a, that he's expecting an announcement about under his plan, any city that defunds police will have their property tax revenue capped at current levels. Cities cannot cut law enforcement, then turn around and increase taxes on residents they just endangered. More announcements soon. Good for him. Finally, somebody's got some sense in government. Not a lot of it, but they got some. Michael Goodwin, New York Post today. Hey, he pointed out a lot of things. You know, a lot of people, Michelle Obama's decision, uh, not mentioning even Kamala Harris in her speech. That was a little odd. But anyway, not a single syllable devoted to the nightly riots carried out by, uh, let's see, left-wing radicals. Not a word. Michael Goodwin points out, you know, of course, missing from Mrs. Obama's speech and all the others was, okay, the violence that started out which was universal of outrage, rightly so, over the death of George Floyd. Uh, but murder rates are up double digits in most big cities. Uh, and the ones where they don't say a word about it. How is that even possible? Anyway, joining us now, our own Lawrence Jones. He is our 2020 correspondent on the ground uh, for this uh, election, both radio and television, and also an investigative reporter. And now he's also a Fox Nation host. I mean, you're not going to talk to me in like three years, right? It's all over. This is this is the the last time we'll be friends. Oh, stop it! Oh, stop it! Stop! No, 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 no! You'll always be a good friend. I'll, <laughs> I'll always be, right I'll now. always find time for you, Grandpa. <laughs> no worries about it. <laughs> all right. So, well, people, we could tell a little bit of behind the scenes before we get into all this. Now, um, yeah. Lawrence Jones and I have become very close friends. I'm a huge fan supporter of his. He's a rock star, but I'm but I'm. You know, I love his family. His mom is a as a pastor, and his dad is a truck driver, and he's now living in you know bright lights, big city. Um, oh God! <laughs> and I and I'm kind of like acting like your big brother, and out of love, and I'm just reminding you. Second dad, sometimes. Uh, no, worse than that. I mean, I think I'm worse than your dad, and um, your biggest supporter, but also offering you good fatherly advice, and I I don't do not apologize for it. No, you don't. You, you say you, you have these three rules that you recite almost every week, if not every day. So I have my uh, rules. All, By the way, just so you all, know, you're that close to me. I recite the same rules to my own kids. I know. I know. I talk to your son, so I know you tell him. I'm like, good Lord, I can't catch a <laughs> You guys both talk behind my back, commiserate. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, it's all love. And I, you know, well, I'll say this. Maybe if more people were giving these talks, to young people, 
then we wouldn't have kids in the street burning stuff down. So Let me ask you, uh, is I there anything I say you know, to you that is wrong? Anything I say to you? If if you listen to everything I've, I've I've you know look since you're you're 27 years old you're to me I mean I'm twice your age for crying out loud and <laughs> is there any better advice I'm giving you that's wrong? No, no. I mean, I mean, I think people can look and, and see some of the success that I've uh, enjoyed ever since we've become friends as well, and uh, it's kept me on the right track. So I'm grateful for it. Even though I, I will never, I will never let up. Just so you know. <laughs> Till the, till you could, I'll be screaming from my grave if you think you're getting rid of me that way. All right, you've interviewed now the father and the grandma of that little precious one-year-old girl that was killed, a uh, boy that was killed in a stroller in New York. The Bell Gardner Jr., yeah. Correct. You you interviewed the family of that seven-year-old girl that was killed in in Chicago over the 4th of July weekend. You, you interviewed her family. Natalie I interviewed Robert, Horace yeah. Lorenzo Anderson Sr., Yep. Um, he lost yeah. his 19-year-old son in the summer of Love Zone. You go, yeah. you've, you've been out on the road. You've been in these liberal cities reporting for us. What are you learning? Yeah. I'm learning that there is so much despair. You know, Sean, about a year ago, uh, you sent me on the road to cover the liberal cities that are in crisis, right? And there's something that is very apparent by the, the same cities I traveled across the country to cover and cover the despair, the broken education system, the poverty, uh, the hopelessness. Are the same cities now being affected by a rise in shootings? And we saw it coming. We saw it coming. We tried to warn the country. We tried to tell, you know, there's only so much a president can do on a federal level. We, we, we told Republicans, you got to get down there and fight for the country. These, these, liter- these, these leaders that are currently there are so bad. These people want change. And now we're witnessing it come to fruition. And, you know, I, over this period of time, now that I'm going back to these cities to cover, I have so many sources in police departments that call me every week and they say, well, we got another child that's been shot. We got another 20 year old that's been shot and killed. It's exhausting. And, you know, I get so frustrated because, you know, when things happen with George Floyd, and you know, I'm a libertarian. I, I, I've been like this for a while. When the state abuses this power, we covered it on your show. We were the first one, the first one to show the full George Floyd tape. And, and every new development, we brought it. You, you, you blew up the entire show so we can cover it bit by bit, fair and balanced. We covered that. But now people want to criticize us for covering innocent children that are getting shot down. And it's pretty pathetic because if you really care about black life, you should care about all of the black lives, whether it's the state that does it or people within the community that are literally terrorizing their own community members for what? Drugs? What? For, for, for turf wars? It's pretty sad, Sean, that it doesn't get the coverage that it deserves. And I, and I tell you, every I, weekend, I, I listen, train every weekend. I, I wish I was wrong. I wish I was wrong. All right, as we continue, our 2020 correspondent on the ground, Lawrence Jones, is uh, with us. All right, let me ask this last question. This is important. You've been to all these yeah. liberal cities. You see all this violence. You're interviewing the families. Yeah. This is personal for you. You, you, you have told me oh, it yeah. is killing you, this assignment. But you, you call yeah. me and demand to go. So, I mean, you crack me up. But, but it's so <laughs> serious and real. This is real life, in other words. These are, these are our precious children. This is our American family. And it's not ending. 
Yeah, it's not ending. The reason why I keep begging to go back is because no one else is doing it. I, I mean, if there's any other journalist that's willing to take the mantle and go and cover it, I mean, there's plenty of cities to cover, but they won't cover it because it's election year. They don't want to highlight what's happening. And, you know, I said this on Fox and Friends this morning. What's happening in this country is really unfair. Typically, we can talk about education policy, the environment, uh, economics. But what they are making Americans do is true safety. We can't talk about any of the rest of the issues facing the country because if you don't have safety, you don't have anything. You can't talk about liberty if you don't have safety. And so the reason why the media doesn't want to cover it is because they know the choice that the American voter is going to choose every single time. It's an unfair position. But... This is what's going to happen. The Americans will choose safety every single time. And you cannot look at the rise in shootings, 217% of shootings in New York City. You got Chicago, over 60 people shot over the weekend. This is happening in every major city, and they just happen to be run by liberals. Voters will make a choice, and they can't look on all the other issues because they have to, uh, you know, in New York City, the bulletproof vest, you can't buy guns, but bulletproof vest sales have gone up. People are choosing every single day. They're safety. All right, Lawrence Jones, 2020, correspondent on the ground for Sean Hannity Radio Show and, and Fox News. Uh, we'll be following uh, this for the next 77 days, and unfortunately, I hope I'm wrong beyond. Uh, Lawrence, thanks for being with us as always. All right, live free or die, Amazon.com, uh, 40% off bookstores everywhere. We have our town hall tonight with Leo Terrell. He's another career risk. First the no cupcake interview with O'Reilly, then the no cupcake interview with Linda, now the no cupcake interview with Leo Terrell. Anyway, it starts at 6. I think the link goes up just slightly before that, uh, and uh, hopefully some of you can join us. 6 Eastern, 3 o'clock on the West Coast if you'd like to join in. Love yeah, boss, let you. me just let everybody know about that, just boss, because I know a little bit I, more about these details. You're ready. You know, boss is you like, know. you know, it's kind of like an affectionate term at this point, right? Mm-hmm. We're kind of sharing these duties. Um, we are doing tonight with Books A Million. It's Atlanta and Jacksonville. It was our in real life events that they've gone virtual. They've offered them to everybody. So when you go on to Hannity.com, if you go on our Twitter, our Facebook, you'll see the link for the Books A Million you go on that link, you get your tickets, you get the book. Um, these are signed copies and you get to see Leo Terrell, uh, you know, flip the script on Sean. So it should be a lot of fun. So six o'clock Eastern and you can find all the information. All right, on Hannity. The, what time does the link go up? It's on Hannity. Now you get your tickets and then the link goes live at 6 p.m. Eastern. All right. Got it. OK, so this is a, what this is with books a million, right? Correct. Books have, a million. OK, and I signed all the books myself just so you. Know. Yes, you did. Uh, all right. Now, um. You know, I've been talking about now the, the, the cause celeb. Remember, they held up coronavirus funding, the Democrats, in large part because they want to change the voting laws. We have 77 days to go and they want to change the voting laws. Now, they're telling you, oh, it's safe and Donald Trump doesn't want people to to vote. That's the problem. He's, you know, it's like Al Gore screeching and screaming before a predominantly black uh, audience Republicans have the wrong agenda for African-Americans. They don't even want to count you in the census. This is one of the old tricks, right? Every two, every four years, I tell you this happens. That's not true. Now they're telling you, oh, Cory Booker, it's totally safe. Everyone's saying it's safe. Well, it's not true. Heritage Foundation, 1,088 proven instances 
of voter fraud in recent years. Want to know about voter fraud? Let's see. Well, we can look at the Philly fraud case and the Justice Department charging former congressmen with stuffing ballot boxes or the New Jersey mail-in ballot scheme exposed by Jersey residents, including a city council member who was charged uh, last month with in what state officials said is a mail-in ballot fraud scheme. West Virginia mail carrier nabbed in a mail-in ballot scheme. California voter fraud, you know, exposed the Skid Row scheme. Yeah, in exchange for a, a false or forged signature on a ballot petition and voter registration forms. Illinois letting non-citizens register to vote. They had a blunder there. Alabama absentee fraud in 2019, that occurred. Pay-to-vote scheme exposed in New Jersey in 2019 also. In Wisconsin, you had a county supervisor admitting to ballot fraud. Uh, former Milwaukee County Supervisor Peggy West, that was 2018. Absentee ballot theft in Florida in 2018. New Mexico 2018, the wife of a mayoral candidate nabbed there. Indiana, uh, a cop was convicted of voter fraud to help his father win a race. That was 2016. Uh, double voting in Arizona also took place that year as well. Oh, I thought this is safe. Fake news, fake Jake Tapper. Oh, we just happened to find a tweet. I saw this on Twitter. Uh, hey, at U.S. Postal Service, who do I talk to there to solve the problem caused by your your severe incompetence? Your phones aren't even set up right. U.S. Postal Service, hello. What is your inquiry regarding? He writes, the package was supposed to be delivered Saturday in time for Mother's Day. It arrived today. Why? Oh, I guess he's not happy with the post Postal Service. Wow. What do we do if ballots are late? Um, and this is now, you know, first it was Donald Trump. If he loses, they're going to have to take him out. The military is going to have to come in. Let me just play the depth of this new latest conspiracy theory, both by the Democrats and the media mob. And I can go on for hours. Just listen to some of it. I just got to talk about something that a lot of people are concerned about, and that is the Friday night massacre at the United States Post Office. That's the president seemingly intent on wreaking havoc on that uh, institution uh, to slow down packaging and to possibly impact the election. The president wants to, he's wanted to destroy the post office. He can, you know, he gets these little bugs in his head that have nothing to do with reality. No one tells him the truth. And then he tries to go for it. So he's wanted to hurt the post office, maybe even destroy it, end it for a long time. The only way he feels now he can win this against the Biden-Harris ticket is to straight out steal it. And he's doing it in plain sight. You say the president should fix it, but it doesn't sound like he wants to fix it. In fact, he thinks that it's to his advantage for the, the system to be broken. He's going to find every single way he can to steal this election, to rig this election in his favor. They're going to do everything they can to slow the mail because within this administration is an attempt to make sure your vote doesn't count and doesn't count as cast. He sent his henchmen over uh, to run it, and I'm already getting complaints from people who are saying that they believe that the president of the United States is managing the delivery systems, slowing it down, interfering with people being able to get uh, their mail. When a president is attacking the Postal Service, he's attacking veterans, he's attacking women, he's attacking the disabled. This is nothing but a naked power grab by this presidency. Are you saying, say it directly, is this an attempt by the president, do you believe, to interfere in the election? 
Absolutely. He is afraid of people voting by mail in large numbers because of the pandemic. And one way to suppress that vote, and they're experts in the vote suppression, yeah. is to slow down the delivery yeah. of mail and threaten yeah. the, the, the failure of your ballot to get there. And so I think it frustrates a lot of people that it doesn't feel like anyone can stop this president from destroying the post office through this Mr. DeJoy, who would then pick up all the profit on the back end and profit from what he's doing. It's frustrating for people. This is right before us is one of the greatest political scandals in American history. The president installed a political hack to delay the mail to ensure that votes will not be counted in an election that's going to be conducted by mail. And the crime is in progress right before us, and we have to step up and we have to raise holy hell. This postmaster general uh, destroyed the Postal Service under Trump's direction. I'm going to tell you that if these guys have their way, uh, they will destroy the Postal Service. They'll do it because they don't want people to vote, which is bad enough. So in effect, by tampering with the Postal Service, he is in effect putting his knee uh, on the neck of American democracy and trying to make it impossible for people to vote by mail. Congressman James Comer, Kentucky, is on the House Oversight Committee discussing these uh, conspiracy theories. He called the Democrats' wild, baseless conspiracy theory about the Postal Service irresponsible, undermining people's faith in the integrity of the election and our institutions. They're guilty again. It's like Hillary. They, yeah, there's the dirty Russian dossier, Russian propaganda, misinformation. And if you're concerned about mailboxes, why did Biden and Obama get rid of 14,000 of them? Congressman, welcome to the program. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Sean. All right. The latest conspiracy theory, fraud, lie, mob in the media, Democrats uh, now. But they wanted to do this for a while, haven't they? They have. And the Democrats are trying every effort to undermine the president. They're trying every effort to sneak in uh, a change in how we have elections this fall. Uh, What they're saying about the post office, the post office has had problems for a long time. But when they say the post office is in danger of of shutting down or unable to handle the capacity, that's just not true. The post office has $14 billion cash on hand. The post office uh, was awarded a $10 billion line of credit in the CARES Act, and they've never tapped into that. Uh, The issue has absolutely nothing to do with the post office. You know, it, but it doesn't stop them from spreading lies and conspiracy theories, just like the Russia hoax, Ukrainian hoax. They ignore quid pro quo Joe. They ignore Hillary's dirty dossier. Then Trump won't leave the White House if he loses conspiracy theory. Now it's the Trump doesn't want you to vote conspiracy theory. And it just goes on. But the problem is, Congressman, it's 99 percent of the mob and the media. Exactly. The disappointing thing that I've seen as someone who's uh, worked with Mark Meadows on this issue for several years with postal reform is that the mainstream media won't uh, hold the Democrats' lies and, and baseless conspiracy theories. They won't hold them accountable. It's completely not true. Obama in 2014 made significant changes to the Postal Service in an effort to try to uh, make it more efficient and stop the bleeding. Uh, but it, as a result, it took longer for mail to get there. We've all had problems with the Postal Service just like the tweet you referenced from Jake Tapper, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, that was sent in 2014, long before Donald Trump became president. So for the Democrats to pretend that there's just been an issue with the Postal Service uh, in the last 
two weeks because of structural changes that the Trump administration proposed is is complete baloney. Well, I, I think that's all true. All right, quick break. We'll come back more with uh, Congressman James Comer, Republican Kentucky on the other side, and your calls, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. As we continue with Congressman James Comer of Kentucky on the issue of, yeah, all of this, these allegations and conspiracy theories about the president and the post office. Now, if I was at the DNC convention this week, I was there. To get into the convention every night, I've been there every year, but this one, uh, I would need a picture ID to get in the door. What's the difference? There is no difference. There's absolutely no difference. And uh, every American should be concerned about the fact that the Democrats are trying to uh, manipulate this election. They're trying to sneak in universal ballots. That's the real issue at hand, not the Postal Service. It's the fact that uh, Democrats are wanting to mail ballots to, to every person that's on the voter rolls. The problem is, as we've seen in many states, including my home state of Kentucky, is the voter rolls are, are inaccurate. There are hundreds of thousands of names listed on the voter rolls in Kentucky that uh, are inaccurate. They're ineligible to vote. They've passed away. They've moved out of state. Uh, uh, they've, they've married and have a different name. Uh, th- there are a lot of issues with the voter rolls. And we can have fair elections in the United States. Dr. Fauci even said it's safe for in-person voting. Uh, the Democrats are completely trying to muddy the water with this, with their uh, conspiracy theories on, on the post office. You're exactly right. Uh, this is no different than, than the crap that Adam Schiff tried to say. He had proof uh, with respect to the president colluding with Russia. This is another baseless, desperate attempt by the Democrats uh, to, to damage Donald Trump. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. So do you think you're going to be able to work here and get, you know, get this all straightened out here? You know, how do we correct voter rolls, for example? Why haven't they been cleaned out of dead people and dogs and, you know, like the L.A. case uh, or the California case, people on Skid Row, you know, given your signatures? Do you have a, a situation in, in Kentucky where uh, the Board of Elections tried to purge the voter rolls? Uh, to clean out the the voters who hadn't voted in over a decade, the voters that uh, they had gotten word were ineligible to vote, uh, had died, and things like that. And the Secretary of State at the time, the Democrat Secretary of State, ironically uh, McConnell's last Democrat opponent, uh, objected to it, took it to court, and lo and behold, the court ruled in the Democrat Secretary of State's favor. So uh, we have you know well over a hundred thousand names on the roll in Kentucky that are probably ineligible to vote. If, if they're mailed universal ballots, who knows what's going to happen with, with those ballots. But I think that, uh, you know, it's late in the game to try to get the voter rolls accurate. But uh, with respect to the Postal Service, the post office can handle the, the volume of mail. It's no different than the, the surge that they would see at Christmas. And, and with respect to the Postal Service in the past, the post office delivered all the census forms, didn't have any problems with that. Uh, I never heard the Democrats talk about that. Now they're wanting to vote on this bill, Sean, Saturday to throw another $25 billion uh, to the Postal Service with no reforms, with no reforms. I mean, I, I support postal reform. I wanna, I'm from a rural area. I want to see the post office succeed. But 
they're going to have to make reforms. And, and the Democrats just want to continue to throw money at the problem without making structural reforms. They don't want to alienate the, the union. And in the meantime, they're trying to do things like they did the last election cycle in California with the ballot harvesting, with universal mail-in ballots. I mean, we, we've got a lot of problems, and I'm, I'm thankful yeah. that you're on the air keeping people educated on what's really going on. Congressman, thanks for being with us. Uh, oh, people are paying attention. The safest way to do it is in person on Election Day. Uh, that's what I do. Um, and I just hope everybody votes. Every, but every legal person votes. In other words, everybody that has registered, picture ID, do it the right way. Uh, and let's have a free and fair election. All right, News Roundup, Information Overload, Hannity.com. Don't forget, uh, one hour from right now, actually 55 minutes from now, uh, we will begin our uh, town hall. Another career risk. First, it's the No Cupcake O'Reilly interview. Then it's the Linda interview. Now it's Leo Terrell is going to be moderating, thanks to our friends at Books A Million. They've done an amazing job. By the way, discounts at Books A Million and Barnes & Noble and Costco's and Walmart and Target. By the way, these stores don't always take every book. And you know what? They took our book. We're very appreciative. They only take things that they, they, they think that their customers want. You've, you've made the book number one. But what's really important is what words we're going to hear in 77 or 78 days, and that is we can now project that's what Live Free or Die is all about, because the stated policies of uh, Biden, Harris, Bolshevik, Bernie, AOC, uh, Beto, Bozo, Schumer, Pelosi, frankly, uh, if if implemented, makes this country, in my mind, unrecognizable. Here to weigh in all things 2020 and much more, Ari Fleischer, media consultant, political aide, also former White House press secretary under uh, President Bush 43. Uh, so I'm watching last night the DNC. And look, I, I, I guess, you know, the media is going to say what they're going to say about how great Michelle Obama was last night. You know, she took a hatchet to Trump's record and character in a big convention speech. So much for uh, when they go low, uh, we go high. Um, putting that aside. And I'm sorry, to me, it was a dull infomercial like the entire night. How do you ignore what's happening now? Day 81 of all the violence in our big cities, Portland. Seattle, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, you name it. These cities have become war zones. They didn't even mention it, nor did they mention anything from my observations, Ari Fleischer, about what they will do to make this country a better country. And then lied about Obama and Biden's record, but that's the next question. Yeah, exactly right, Sean. Look, you know, what conventions always are about is one party's opportunity for its week to shine a spotlight on just the issues that party wants to talk about and ignore all the others. And then the following week, the other party goes, and it does the same thing. So it doesn't surprise me that Democrats are trying to hide their many vulnerabilities, including Joe Biden, on the first night. So what did they do? They made the whole issue Donald Trump's character. But Sean, I'm here to tell you, if it comes down to character, the single worst sentence I have ever heard anybody utter, the lowest I have ever heard anybody ever go in politics, was Joe Biden against Mitt Romney when speaking to a black audience. Joe Biden said, Republicans want to put you all back in chains. Has anybody ever said anything lower of worse character than one major party in America wants to return to slavery? And he said it against milquetoast Mitt Romney for fear that Obama might lose to Romney, and he had to rev up the black vote by saying Republicans want to return to slavery. 
So if character is the issue, I would take Biden head on. Can I take that a step further? Because I'm I'm listening to all the praise of Joe Biden. I, I'll be honest, Ari, he's been in the public eye in D.C. in the swamp for 51 years. I can't identify a single single thing that he's done to improve the lives of people. And and the fact that imagine if Donald Trump had praised the the individual responsible for filibustering the Civil Rights Act and being against the Voting Rights Act and actually partnering with the former Klansman, Robert Byrd, to, you know, to stop integration of our schools because he didn't want his kids growing up in a racial, quote, jungle. Those were his words. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, Donald Trump said that. I think we might have a different convention. (laughs) Yep. But this is not Donald Trump's opportunity next week. Republicans need to turn the tables and point out with specifics all the many bad things about Joe Biden, the mistakes he's made, the things he said that lack characters such as you ain't black, are you a junkie, his bad policies throughout the years, and of course now his shift toward the Bernie Sanders left. So this week is the cleanup Biden week. Next week is the exposed Biden week. You know, that's a great way to put it. And listen, I understand it. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you where the biggest, you know, Joe Biden beatdown came was in the debate. And it was done by Kamala Harris and the media. And her answer, I guess she did one of the late night shows. By the way, Joe Biden's answered 34 questions since March. Trump, (laughs) 1,803. But I'm, who's counting anyway, among friends, right? Well, when and, you say to a reporter, because they ask a question you don't like, you ain't black, of course the staff is going to want to hide that person. That's yeah. the problem with Joe. And, does he survive? Really, does, this, does this strategy work of hiding being a ghost of a candidate? It probably can, Sean, because there just aren't any, many referees left anymore in politics. You essentially have one group on the right, conservative media, and then you have another group on the left, much more numerous, liberal media. And there's just so few people left in the middle who will just tell it straight to the American people. So if you watch CNN and MSNBC and the networks, you really don't know that much about Joe Biden other than the good stuff you're told. It's not reported when he said, or it's barely reported when he said, you ain't black, are you a junkie? All the Biden weaknesses barely get exposed. And one side sees it and knows that the other just doesn't get told it. But the American people are smart. I, I'm, I guess I'm one of the few people that actually gives the history of Biden. I, I was out there, I think, one of the very few vetting Barack Obama. Um, and we did a pretty good job, I think. And we found things, but nobody else in the media wanted to pick it up. Uh, that's why I call them the mob. But they've never been worse than now. Yeah. So they're not going to vet him. But the American people are smart, Ari Fleischer. I really have. I think they realize that if he had a fastball, it's long gone. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they understand, you know, they have to ask the question that the mob and Democrats asked about McCain and asked about Reagan in 84, you know, about mental acuity, alertness, strength and stamina to do the hardest job in the world. You've been there. You know how hard it is. It'll be a real interesting interview when he does sit down with David Muir of ABC News to see if David Muir actually acts like a tough journalist and asks hard questions. Or does he do what we, we watch Brooke Baldwin and so many of the others on CNN do and just lob softballs his way? Uh, so maybe we'll, we'll have to see, Sean. But the fascinating thing is, has the media changed so much that there are alternative outlets that talk radio, Twitter, social media, conservative social media will get the word to enough people? Or is it still too uphill a fight because the mainstream media has the power to control the message? 
this race in many ways will test that. Let me read from the Politico. This is the article where Obama always said, never underestimate Joe's ability to F things up. And it goes <laughs> on. You could certainly see uh, technocratic eye rolling at times, said Jen Psaki, the former White House communications director. Young White House aides frequently mock Biden's gas, lack of discipline. In comparison to the almost clerical Obama, they would literally chortle at how Biden, like an elderly uncle at Thanksgiving, would launch into extended monologues that everyone had heard before. Uh, ben Rhodes is quoted in this thing, who was known for his mind meld with Obama, you know, noted in his memoir in the Situation Room, Biden could be something of an unguided missile. And even Comey said Obama would have serious exchanges heading, you know, a conversation very clearly and crisply. Uh, in direction A, then in would come Biden, jump in with, can I ask you, ask something, Mr. President? He said Obama would politely agree, but something in his expression suggested he knew full well that for the next five or ten minutes, we would all be heading in direction Z. Ouch. <laughs> oh, and that was four and eight years ago when Biden had a little more pop on his fastball, wasn't it? You know, that's I, don't, I don't think he has issue. a fastball, Ari, and, and I'm not saying, by the way, you know who had a fastball? You know, I think the best speaker for the Democrats were, he's nuts, uh, Bolshevik Bernie. Yeah. And you know, Bernie last night was the only one who talked policy. Yeah. Every other Democrat was just talking character and character assassination. Bernie was the only one in his speech who just, and this is why I like Bernie. He's principled. He's crazy. But he's principled. He's, he's crazy principled. He, he talked he, about no, he's a Bolshevik. By the way, he used to be an outsider. Uh, you know, an asterisk. I mean, uh, you know, right. they just put up with him, tolerated him. And he has tugged the Democratic Party in his direction, and Biden is too weak to resist the tug. You know, when you listen to Biden, I mean, to uh, Bernie last night, he talked about no fossil fuels to, use to power electricity in 15 years, uh, GD, GN, uh, Green New Deal, universal pre-K, $15 minimum wage, and cash bail. You want to keep people out on the streets rioting and cash bail. And then Bernie talked about how Biden is the one who can end hate and division, when, as I pointed out earlier, Biden is the one who made the most hateful, divisive statement I've ever heard in politics. Well, that's just one. I, I mean, I'm just having a hard time getting over his working with a former Klansman to stop integration. You know, again, think of the moment we're talking about. Yeah. And, and, and he's praising the guy that, that literally filibustered the historic Civil Rights Act. And I'm like, hello? And using terms like, you know, a racial jungle. I'm like, wow. I mean, has he really ch shifted and he's really cha changed? I don't, I don't see it. And, and this is, again, the task Republicans have next week. We can go through a long litany of the things that Biden has done, said we don't like. But next week, Republicans really better put it together with themes. And the themes I would use are that he's too weak, he's too liberal, and he's, he's too old. And they've got to drive that home in a coherent way. It can't be a kitchen sink. It's, it's got to flow and unify around those themes. And then you use all the various examples of the things Biden has done, said, his mistakes his, against taking out bin Laden, against taking out uh, Soleimani, the Iranian commander, his bad judgment his domestic mistakes that he's made, and his run to the left here in 2020, abandonment of all his previous positions, because he's not strong enough to hold them anymore. You know, I'm I'm just telling you right now, I, I really fear, and tell me if I'm misguided, I've always said that this is a tipping point election, and that's a tipping point election. This is it for me, though. There's stated policies, you mentioned a number of them. You know, they, they've now adopted Bolshevik Bernie's economic plan, 
this madness Green New Deal getting off of, you know, literally eliminating oil, gas and coal, the lifeblood of the world's economy. You know, no more bail in our cities. They, they've yeah. not said a word about safety and security and lawlessness right. in cities all across the country. You know, you ask him about what they do with COVID, and you got the one answer on the record from Biden, everything that Trump had already done. And the real fear here is if they eliminate the filibuster, which they will, with they Barack will. Obama now coming out, calling it Jim Crow, no Democrat can stand in the way of keeping the filibuster. And then, if, do they go after the levers of government? Do they pack the Supreme Court? Do they abolish the Electoral College? How far will they try to go? Now, abolishing the Electoral College would require a constitutional amendment. But they can pack the Supreme Court with law as opposed to constitution changes. How far will they indeed go? This is where, Sean, the tipping point comes in. I fear less terrible policies because it takes so long for policies to get implemented. They slowly get wound and then unwound. We have they a, get the uh, House, the Senate, they end the filibuster. You got, you know, the ever forgetful Joe in the Oval Office. Where do I sign? Yeah, well, that's that's my point here. And it's the structural changes that we Republicans should fear the most if they get to that point. But that's why this is such a consequential election. And that's why for people who don't like Donald Trump, who find Donald Trump to be offensive and boorish, Donald Trump is right on policy. Donald Trump has done so many things to improve America and put us on the better track. His conservative appointments to the court, his pro-growth economic policies, which have lifted people out of poverty, which has helped blacks, Hispanics have record low unemployment, his foreign policies that have led to more people in the Middle East than I've seen in generations with the abolition of ISIS, the virtual destruction of ISIS, and now a peace agreement between the UAE and Israel. What Trump delivers, I don't care how offensive he can be personally, he delivers for our country. I watched John Kasich last night, a shadow of, you know, I call it, you know, uh, I resent losing the presidency and I lose my mind-itis. And <laughs> he's got it, Gore had it, Hillary had it, the late John McCain you know, I went to battle for McCain. I went to battle for Romney. They have it, in my view, or had it in the case of Senator McCain. Um, they just some people never get over losing that race. It seems like the bitterness goes on forever. Well, there's no question, John. John Kasich, a man I've known for a long time, uh, 25 years. He's very anti-Trump. But, you know, Sean, I, step back from it. I, I think there's a bigger story here with what Kasich is trying to do and some of the others. And I've watched this unfold. It's one of those fascinating, rare generational changes in politics. Democrats are increasingly becoming the party of the rich and the party of the college-educated. Republicans are increasingly becoming, especially under Donald Trump, the party of working blue-collar working people. And we're watching this switch for our very eyes. That's in part what Kasich was doing last night. He's part of that sub the suburban establishment college-educated crowd who finds Trump so personally offensive that they cannot support him even if they know that they like Trump's policies better. The contrast, and this is what this election will test, is are there more working-class, blue-collar Americans who voted for Obama in 08 and in 12, and then voted Trump in 16, and will vote for Trump again, and this time even more of them will switch and run away from the Democrats, particularly as Biden and Bernie run toward socialism. That is so much of what this election is testing. Republicans are hemorrhaging, particularly in the suburbs, college-educated voters. Democrats are hemorrhaging high school, 
some college-educated blue-collar workers. Great analysis, as always. Ari Fleischer, thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. When we come back, wide open phones. Don't forget, Hannity.com. A little over a half hour from now, Leo Terrell, uh, Town Hall we're doing with our friends of Books A Million. All you have to do is go to the website, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific. Hope you can join us. I love it because it's virtual. You get to see us. It'll be fun. Uh, Again, right after the show today. When we come back, wide open phones. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. That's also 25 minutes till uh, our virtual town hall. If you'd like to join us, thanks to Books A Million, you go to Hannity.com at the the top of the hour. Uh, This this is for autographed copies of the book, if you wanted an autographed copy. Uh, We're doing other town halls, other events. We'll announce them as they become available. I think Ricky Medlock from Leonard Skinner, we're going to have a rock and roll time with him. By the way, he's probably the only person in the world that can out-talk me. Uh, And he's got a lot lot to say. I mean, I got I to gotta slow him down sometimes. I haven't talked to him in a while, but I miss uh, uh, Ricky. He's such a good guy. He has such a passion for this country, and he has Native American roots. And listening to him talk about them, it just you sit in awe, and it inspires you. I mean, Linda, you've talked to him about this, too. I mean, I sit there. I'm like, okay, there's so much I wish I knew that I don't know, and he just is amazing. Well, let me and- tell you how this even came about. So, obviously, I talk to Ricky all the time. Him, his wife, the whole family, they're just awesome. Of course you do. And you know, that's what I do. I keep in touch. So he texts me and he's like, hey, just wanted to let you know, got the boss's new book. It's so great. Me and my whole family, we all got copies, yada, yada. Way, I feel bad I didn't send out more books to friends. I did, I yeah, just stop feeling bad. Nobody's got time. And that oh. would end up being my job. And I'm busy. So, that's you know, true, sorry. That would, that would, I've I'm actually like, been tasking Dwayne with that duty. But it just ahead. was a hot mess. Anywho, it was just too busy. This, this year has been insane. But um, all of that to say, you know, he reached out to me and he says, hey, um, I got the book. My whole family got the book. We're so excited. We're reading it. I'm like, oh, dude, you're the best. Thank you for the support. And he starts just railing on like politics of the day. And, you know, Ricky's a really interesting person because he's got the rocker background with Leonard Skinner. He's a Native American. You know, he's a diehard patriot but he's not really like red or blue he's just like america like whatever that is that makes america better i'm in so i was like you know we're doing these town halls you should do one with us and he's like yeah man how do i do that and so i'm I'm talking to him about it so we talked last night again and uh he's like dude i'm all in he's like just tell me when so i'm figuring out when i'm gonna do it with him which day we're gonna give him but he's just the best and he read the book he loves it he's like he's like this this is is like amazing this is a turning point it's a pivot point all my friends in music, I don't care if it's, you know, Leonard Skinner, our friend Charlie Daniels, who recently passed away. It is stunning to me how how engaged they are in events. Yeah. Now, I don't know a lot of the liberal rockers, et cetera, I don't know, whatever. But I, it is, first of all, to do what they do night after night on the road. And, you know, I, we did the Freedom Concerts and Leonard Skinner did a season with us. I mean, I think, what did we do? Seven, eight, nine stops with them. It was amazing. Oh, my God. So I really got to know those guys really well, and they're amazing people. And Ricky in particular and I got pretty close. Yeah. And, I, you know, I watched this guy, Freebird, and when they get into this guitar solo that goes on, what is that, a 10-minute song? I mean, at an least. anthem? At I, least. I mean, it is just, it, it is incredible. The energy that he has is incredible, but in real life, he's just like that. Yep. And he's that passionate as he is about his music. I mean, this yep. guy, long hair. You know, a little bit graying, a little bit, you know, thinner than it might have been in the past. I give him a hard time. A lot of and, turquoise. <laughs> oh, my. But, but he's literally like a personal historian. Yeah, And he loves, loves passionately this country. 
yeah, loves really his does. Native American roots. I mean, he, he'd call me out of the blue and just, and I'd sit there and I'd just listen and yeah. learn. Yeah. I mean, the, the level of knowledge and depth is amazing. But So that'll be fun when he does it. Leo Terrell tonight at 6, though, uh, 3 Pacific, Hannity.com, autographed copies of the book available tonight. That's Through Books thing. A Million, awesome partners. So thank you so much. Yeah, I, and by the way, I signed them all for people that think, well, you didn't sign these. Well, Hannity, your signature changed from your first book. I got a few of those. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it just, I, I, first of all, I, I was in eighth grade and they were trying to get me to go back and do a, a first year writing book because my handwriting was so atrocious. And you went really to Catholic school and your handwriting was atrocious? Yes. Can you believe it? That, and yeah, literally that's the really weird. was like tutoring me because it's like nobody could read what I wrote. I mean, that's it was, so and I'm just, I, so yeah. And then over time you realize I can't write out my whole name or else I'll never finish more than three books. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you got to fly. I mean, I, I did tens of thousands of signatures because people yeah. asked for them. I, and yeah. I never want to let anybody down. And, you know, one of my friends says, do you have to promote the, the books on sale? I'm like, yeah, I do. I, I don't like asking people to spend money. I don't for myself. We have yeah, but this partners, is a little products. different. We're, we're not is, asking this, people to save money. We're asking people to get informed so that they vote their that's conscience. What it, that's why I wrote the book. That's why I say get it at Amazon 40% off or Costco's or Books A Million or Barnes & Noble or Walmart or Target. Um, because, you know, like my last book, I decided to, to donate every profit, every penny in profit. To, and it was actually pretty considerable, I think, to uh, charity, military charities at that point. And I did, and uh, I'm glad I did, and it was I'm honored to be able to do it. And um, and that, that now people are saying, well, what did you take for yourself? What do you mean profits? You, nothing. I didn't take a penny for myself. There's the answer. I have to pay researchers and and publishers and all these and editors and all those people. So thank you very much. I mean, people are just unbelievable. They really are. They're incredible. But I guess you know what? People have been burned. Maybe that's not fair. People, you know what? We're all lied to. We're all burned. We all get stabbed in the back. And, you know, I'm suspicious too. trust, but verify. That's my middle well, it's name. Hard. It's very hard right now because we're looking at people who are crying uh, and screaming for justice as they kick someone to an inch of their life in the middle of the street. And I'm watching the news, you know, about Lori Laughlin should be sent to jail, but no one's gone to jail for Horace Lorenzo Anderson Jr.'s life yet. So I'm having a little difficulty right now with, you know, the whole well, moral the compass of the they nation. Hate Lori Lava. I mean, what she did was stupid. It's stupid, and, but can we you know, just and take I, a, and can maybe we take she a knew, step maybe back? She didn't. I'm not sitting here in judgment. Uh, look, exactly. she paid a price. I like mean, he who has not sinned cast the first stone. Yes. Yeah, but the, you know what? I mean, you're taking a spot from another kid. And it, listen, I understand the, the the nuances of this and understand. Oh, I'm not saying what she did was anger. right. But what you know, I'm saying let me is where is equal application of the law? There's a reason. Why do people think Harvard has a $37 billion endowment? Because everyone that graduated from Harvard is hoping that little Johnny and Susie gets into Harvard, even if they don't have the best scores. That's just a fact. Am I wrong on that? I don't think so. No, no. You buy a building for school, guess what? Probably your odds that your kids getting in are pretty big. Just guessing. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't things that people do that to navigate their way through the political sphere, through the educational sphere to get where they want to go and to do it in the most expedient, efficient and beneficial way to their family. OK, fine. But when there's different applications and consequences for acts that are far more egregious, I, I, I struggle with this. I really do. 
Listen, I, I just think that there's no equal application of our laws. We've seen this all with yeah, the deep right. state. All right, let's get to some calls. Helen is in Georgia. Helen, hi. Uh, News Talk, WSB. How are you? Glad you called my old stomping grounds. What's going on? <laughs> I'm so happy to talk to you, Sean. I'm telling you, all these years I've tried to get in touch with you and failed, but I finally did it. I'm so and, glad uh, you made it. Uh, I oh, missed the varsity. I got to go back. To, I was going to come for the book tour. <laughs> And also, let me just say one more little thing, too. Back when you used to advertise flowers, and every now and then a woman would call, and you would send her a dozen roses. And I kept thinking, oh, God, if I could just get through to him, maybe he'd send me a dozen <laughs> roses, which I hadn't had anybody send me roses since I was in my 20s. But Are you serious? Anyway, well, I'll tell you what, you know, that's going to end today. <laughs> Uh, 1-800-Flowers. No, no, no. no. I'm going to put you on hold after this call. I'm going to send you two dozen of of whatever roses you want. You pick the color or mix whatever you prefer, okay? It's my pleasure. And And we'll send a book as well, autographed. Oh, God bless you. Oh, my God. You're very welcome. (laughs) Honey, I'll have bragging rights. You need flowers. You deserve I'll have it. Right. No, 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 I will. They're going to have my picture in the paper, I guarantee you. <laughs> okay, what I want to call about is uh, don't you think, I do, that if, God forbid, Joe Biden got into the White House and Harris, Kamala, Camilla, whatever her name is, <laughs> is that... It's Kamala, Kamala if you're interested. Oh, I know what it, I know what it is. I'm just... <laughs> It's like tomatoes, tomatoes. Who knows? <laughs> but you anyway, that. I got you... in trouble. But nah, listen, if somebody <laughs> wants to be called by their name, how do you, how, tell me how would you like it pronounced? That's my attitude. Well, my middle name is a is Efola, E-F-O-L-A. You cannot oh begin to know what I've been called through the years with that. <laughs> but Probably E. coli, but go ahead. No, 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 not E. coli, Efola. I know, I'm joking. That was an attempt at humor. Oh, I've been called that too. Trust me, E. coli, yeah. But anyway, don't you believe that if, like I said, God forbid, he gets in the White House, that the violence is going to continue only worse because they'll feel like, well, you know, we have a leader there now. We have a leader. We can do it and really get away with it and spread out into the country, the communities, because I live out in the country on a dirt road and uh, a small town, West Georgia. And eventually, yep, it's going to come out here. It will. But with Biden in the White House, it'll be worse. I Look, really I don't it. I don't know. I mean, there's a part of me that thinks the madness is all by design by the left um, agitators. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's working. And I but but we have now enabled we have now empowered the Democratic Party is not only not spoken out uh, against this, but they have emboldened, I would say, those people involved in this. They have denied the reality of what's going on. They have adopted defund the police madness and do I think that that an election in the end will stop people? I don't. There'll be there'll be incidences that come up and and they go right back to it. Uh, you heard the tape that we played earlier in the program from Portland this weekend. It is frightening. It is chilling. What what I heard and what we all heard and what we all saw. I mean, literally people marching. This city owes us. We want it all and them some and demanding people's homes be surrendered to them over, quote, gentrification or telling people to get out of their neighborhood and pay the fee, I guess, on the way out. That all happened. Um, But you know what? Hope that that there will be a backlash to this. Americans, by and large, believe in law and order. They want to be safe and secure in their homes, their neighborhoods, their towns. You live off that little red dirt road as the uh, Brooks and Dunn song goes. I love that song, by the way. Uh, and 
where I drank my first de- uh, beer, where I found Jesus, where I wrecked my uh, old car, I tore it all to pieces, and I found the path to heaven is for sinners and believers, and blah, 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 blah. You ever hear that song? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm honey, I'm I am honey. love that girl. song. I love Brooks <laughs> and Dunn. They're great. Girl. Yes, yes. Uh, yes, and I do know that if, not if, but when Donald Trump is reelected, that, oh, God, <laughs> watch out. It's going right. to get re- do really bad. I just, I believe that. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. Well, but, let's listen. I think he will, but let's see. Oh, yes, I know. But, it, and and it, when he does, uh, they're going to spend four more years trying to get him out. So, you know. And, well, and hang I'm in there. Helen, stay on the line. I want to send you the roses, the book, and uh, God bless you. And have fun on that red dirt road. And every time you hear that song, it's here. It's where I found Jesus. It's where I found Jesus. I wrecked my first car. Tore it all to pieces. Path to heaven. I learned the path to heaven. Oh, sinners and believers. believers. Learned that happiness, happiness on earth ain't just for high achievers. I heard. I come to know there's life in both ends. That red dirt road. Uh, pretty amazing song. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, anyway, uh, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. Do we have time for a call? i got to take a break here. I guess I have to take a break, right? So you're just going to see the same old, same old. They're not going to explain in detail their radical socialism, their lack of law and order principles, their desire to ruin the economy with socialism. Everything's free and no oil, gas, or, or fossil fuels ever. Anyway, listen for yourself. Only a strong body can fight off the virus. And America's divisions weakened it. Donald Trump didn't create the initial division. The division created Trump. He only made it worse. You know, the president may hate the post office, but he's still going to have to send them a change of address card come January. Donald Trump just happens to be in my state today trying to divide people instead of responding to the pandemic and the significant needs of our economy. But Democrats, independents, and yes, many Republicans have had enough of his divisiveness. This president is not just a threat to our democracy, but by rejecting science, he has put our lives and health in jeopardy. Nero fiddled while Rome burned. Trump golfs. Because whenever we look to this White House for some leadership or consolation or any semblance of steadiness, what we get instead is chaos, division, and a total and utter lack of empathy. Same old garbage. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Uh, Senator Cruz, Ari Fleischer, Kellyanne Conway, Senator Kennedy tonight, Dan Bongino, Larry and Leo, Carter Page... Pete Hegseth, and much more. 9 Eastern, set your DVR. Yes, we are the the refuge against all things insanity over, well, at that convention, non-convention infomercial. 9 o'clock, Hannity, Fox News. See you then. Back here tomorrow. Don't forget, Leo Town Hall, Leo Terrell. Just go to Hannity.com now. We'll see you in a few minutes.